Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, a podcast all about, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I will be interviewing artists and exploring the genre I love. My hope is that you will begin to love it as much as I do, if not more. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming podcast news. Coming up on today's show, I caught up with Jamar, hailing from Las Vegas. He's a musical composer, rapper, and songwriter. He began making music at the age of seven. His major influences include Tupac, Nipsey Hussle, Nas, Jay-Z, Eminem, and many more. And if you are down on motivation, this is definitely an episode for you. All right, let's get into it. I'm with my man, Jamar. Um, he's from Las Vegas. So first Las Vegas rapper we've had on the show. So um, I'm keen to to learn about like the Las Vegas hip hop scene, figure out like, you know, what motivated you to get into, into hip hop. But I mean, you've got a pretty interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, you were, you started rapping quite young. Is that right? Yeah. I started rapping around, um, around the age of eight, seven, eight. Why do you think that is like, that's really young to start, you know, that kind of craft, like hip hop is quite complex. Man. Um, yeah, I, I really just got to blame my pop, man. My, my dad, he used to play um, a lot of uh, music, like a lot of old school, not even just necessarily rap. Like I would say I got into music at the age of eight, you know? So uh, yeah, uh, my dad used to play all the old school and that just really, you know, I fell in love with just, you know, making music was there an artist that like for you stood out um an artist that stood out it's a couple of them man uh i would have to really say as far as like rap or just music just in terms of music like i'm interested to like understand what like perks your ear like you listen to it and you're like okay i know this is different from everything else that i've listened to before oh man when i was coming up i would have to say like jagged edge um Darnell Jones, um, you know, Earth Wind and Fire, Michael Jackson, uh, just like people like that. That's what I really started off listening to, especially like Michael Jackson. I used to watch his, he had a movie called The American Dream. And uh I used to watch it, watch that all the time, put on my my uh, my church shoes and try to do the moonwalk. You know what I'm saying? Like just like all that pretty much inspired me. Um who else? Of course, Tupac. That's like what made me get into rapping. Tupac and Nas, uh, Jay-Z, Eminem, like all of them is what made me get into like wanting to rap. I used to write down their lyrics and, you know, rehearse them back to myself. So that's what really, you know, I ended up finding a love for rap at. And so did your dad have a like a preference? Did he have like an artist that he was like his goat? Uh, I don't think he had like a preference. He just used to like R&B. Like he, like I said, he played a lot of Jagged Edge, a lot of Darnell Jones, um, Aaliyah. He used to play some Aaliyah. Like he just always had the the newest R&B that was out in the 90s, like Joe and just all like the newest type of R&B. And he would just slap him so loud in his Cadillac. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what made me just fall in love with it. I remember hearing... Um, 
it had to be Jagged Edge. And I just remember hearing the beats and the singing and how they dubbed the vocals and everything. I was like, I love this shit. Like, I really love how it sounds. You know, that's when I really fell in love with music is just hearing that and how he played it in his system. I just loved it, you know? Yeah. Do you think part of it was seeing, obviously, your dad's reaction to like the music that he loved, like obviously he loved it so much and you could see it like when he obviously would speak about it, when he would show you, he was like really enjoying it. Do you feel like that would have influenced you to do that for other people as well? Um, To tell you the truth, I can't even remember my dad's reaction. I just remember him being real cool in the front seat, just like he had just <laughs> be just chilling. Like he wouldn't even say nothing about it. Like, you know, he really didn't say too much about it. It was just like, I don't know. I just loved it. I just loved the sound of music. Like, like I said, like I noticed certain things that people probably wouldn't notice, like how they dubbed the vocals and everything at a young age. I'm like, that shit is just dope. And the beat, the, just the bass of it hitting and just how it felt, you know, when it's bumping in the car, it just was all just, you know, I just loved it. And what was your introduction to hip hop? Because obviously like your dad started to show you R&B, but how did you become aware of like the genre that is hip hop itself? Uh, I became in, I became aware of hip hop. I would say like my older brother, um, he had, he, he didn't live with us at first. He has a different mom. Um, we had the same dad, but my dad moved him out and he um, came to live with us. And, uh, he said this phrase, he was like, um, he was like, revenge is like the sweetest joy next to getting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who said that? He was like, you don't know that? That's Tupac. And I'm just like, dang, that's tight. And I just went and listened to that song. I was like, that's when I really started, you know, uh, vibing with Pac. I'm like, damn, man, he, he just, I just loved it. You know, and then I got into Nas. And then Jay-Z and, and Eminem and Ludacris. And, you know, that's when that started. Pretty much when my brother came out to live with us, he put me on, like, the hardcore rap. No, let me take that back, because I like Mace a lot. I like Bad Boy and Mace a lot yeah. before my brother came out. Like, I was into the bad, 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 bad. Uh, like, I, like, I thought that shit, I thought Mace was just, I thought he was just tight. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, my- I still play Mace. At, by myself so i still rock yeah. mace as well so if you haven't listened to mace i'm it's like really easy to listen to it's very pleasant very melodic like yeah 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 i thought he was cold man that's when i first fell in love with like rap i would have to say i don't know how i heard him because my mom my mom was more like she's christian like she didn't play anything that's like but christian music and i like christian music too like she put me up on uh, somebody by the name of Helen Baylor and uh, Donnie McClurkin and all of these like Christian artists. So, um, and of course, uh, uh, dang, what's his name? Kurt Franklin. Uh, just all these Christian artists. So she was into that. She didn't really li- like us listening to like hip hop and R&B because that was considered like worldly music. So my brother and my dad, they pretty much responsible for the, you know what I'm saying? All the Tupac and the Mace and the DMX and you know all those type of artists. How does she view hip hop now? Uh, she's pretty much the same. Like she don't list. Like she doesn't have a problem with it. Like she doesn't like 
I don't think she has a problem with it, but she doesn't list. She's like really Christian. Like she's into like the, the Christian thing, you know? Yeah. Well, there's obviously, there's also like, you know, Christian rap, which is, you know, getting bigger. Obviously Kanye is in, in Christian rap. He's obviously headed down that path, but I spoke to CJ as well. He used to be named real prophecy. He's heading down that path, but obviously, you know, that as a genre is starting to big people up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm pretty sure she, I don't know if she likes like rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what type of, I don't even know if she listens to music anymore. She like listens to like church sermons. Like she's more into that. So. Hey, whatever, whatever you're into, that's why I love kind of, you know, especially technology right now, you get to like choose whatever you want to, if you want to listen to podcasts, if you want to listen to music, you can do all of it at touch of touch of your fingers so obviously you know when you were starting to get into hip-hop like Tupac do you have like the the journey for you did you just listen to Tupac with your brother or were you starting to go off on your own and like go all right Tupac find this person find that person yep I I definitely did it on my own my brother like I said he opened the door and to tell you the truth I don't even remember him listening to Pac after that at all. I don't even really, because my brother and I ended up like, you know, my family, we got our own little dysfunctional thing and he ended up uh, moving back to wherever he's from. So I don't even remember him showing me anything else, but that line when he said that uh, revenge is like the sweetest joy. And after that, I just did my research on Pac and like looked up every single song that he's ever made. Like just really studied his career. You know, um, it started with Pac, and then it was like Nas, then it was Eminem, Ludacris, DMX, Jay-Z, like those artists, like I studied their career. And then 50 Cent came out. I was in middle school. I thought he was the shit. You know what I'm saying? I thought yeah. that was tight. So uh, I checked him out and studied his career. So, yeah, I would have to say it, it just started with Pac. And then I ended up, you know, studying all the greats. Biggie, too. I like Biggie, too. Yeah, I thought Biggie was tight too. If you had a preference between and this is I mean, this is a classic question, Tupac or Biggie? Because I'm a I'm personally a Biggie man. Like if you had to give me the choice, I'll openly say I get the I do this podcast with a couple of other mates as well. And they're more like West Coast. I tend to be yeah. lean a little bit more east um in terms of the sounds that I like. So yeah, I'm just a biggie man myself. But if you it's if you had to like choose, obviously it's like the impossible choice. They're both amazing in their own way. Yeah, yeah. Um, dang. Uh, I would have to say Biggie had a little bit more of a polished sound. Like Diddy made sure that his sound was like, you know, very good. Like it was very good quality wise. Like you know what I'm saying. Um, Pac had more passion, like with his with his rapping, and he had more of a catalog yeah, more songs and more passion but as far as like a sound i would have to go to uh i would have to give it to biggie like as far as sounds and like punchlines, like really being like a certain way with your words like metaphors and all that i would have to give it to biggie but as far as like passion and work ethic and all of that i would have to give it to Pac, like I listen, I would have to say me per- personally, I listen to more of Pac than Biggie. But I think Biggie is dope too. And the only reason I listen to more of Pac is because he has more music. Biggie only had like two, 
two albums. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Pac had like shit like 12, you know, 10, 10 albums. So um, I think they're both great in their own right, but I would lean more towards Pac because of the passion. Yeah, I think, and obviously Tupac had a lot of meaning in his lyrics. Like he delivered a message. He was really important for, you know, people of color in general because of what he was talking about and what he meant. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Biggie had like the flow. He just said everything seemed effortless. Like when he when he gets on a lyrical miracle flow, you're just like, damn, damn. Like one of my favorite tracks, honestly, is Gimme the Loot. And I just love it. I just, every time I cannot help, but like want to rap along with him. It's just, um, it's one of those songs he puts on two different voices. Like there's just so much technique there, which I love, love to see. But um, yeah, I think they're, they're obviously both stand up in their own right. There's no like better, whatever you feel. Yeah. And Biggie had more of a, like sonically it sounded better because like I said, Diddy was making sure that his beats were like perfected, like the quality of his sound was really, really good. And don't get me wrong, Pox was good too when he went to death row, but he was more, like I said, like the passion, you know, just straight out the gut with his. He wasn't trying to waste no time on the beats and and how it sounded and everything. He was more like, let's go. He'll tell you that itself. I'm trying to get through all of these songs and and keep it moving as far as like, you know, his work ethic, but Biggie was more like a, I'm going to take my time with this and you know what I'm saying? Make sure it, it sounds good sonically. So I give them both their props though. I learned from both of them. So. Yeah. And they did both immeasurable things for hip hop. Like they, they both changed the game and that was just that the landscape of East versus West. Like yeah. that, that whole beef was almost like hip hop. That's all people were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Much respect to both of them, man. For real. How do you think that beef kind of influenced, you know, obviously after they passed away, what do you think that did to the game in general? Because it almost blew up. That's literally what anyone was talking about during that time. How do I think that that influenced the game? Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, uh, after that, people, I think it's two ways. Like, after that, people seeing that when you beef, like, that's more uh, publicity. Like, you get more attention. And then on the other on the other hand, people kind of seeing it as, like, we don't want to take the beef to the streets. Like, because they've seen people, two people lose their life over that. So I think it kind of, hip-hop kind of, like, got scared for a little bit. Everybody in hip-hop kind of, like, stood, stepped back until until the Nas and Jay-Z thing happened. And you see that didn't spill over to nobody living their life. Like they kept that on record. And, you know, um, that's what I would say. I would just say it, it definitely brought the element of battling. Like, of course people had their battle raps before that, but the East versus West, that was like at the highest point. Like that really took it to another level. Like when they did that, like, I would just say like, I don't know. I just took it to another level as far as like battling wise, but people, they, they kept it on wax for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think people realized that it wasn't worth dying over. I like, yeah. I, I tend to be of the opinion of you. You definitely see the change in the way people beef of like, 
It's now it's, I'm just going to do a diss track and I'm going to try and destroy your career without actually having to go out and commit physical acts of violence. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. It's still people out there that where it, it, spin, it spills off over into the streets. It still is that. But for the most part, um, like the older, you know, the older generation, they really ain't on that no more. Like, you know, all the older cats because it's like they got families and everything and they seen what happened in the, with the big and pox. So people learned, some people learned the lesson from that. And some people took that as like, okay, um, this is how you get publicity. So, you know, I think it, it, it changed a lot though. It definitely did change a lot. Well, I mean, you look at people like 50 Cent as one of those examples. He's almost the master of beefing with people. Like he just knows how to pick, he knows how to annoy people. He just annoys them enough to get publicity and then he gets them to bite back and that's it. He moves on. He's like very good at that. That's like his publicity. Yeah, that trolling. That trolling. Oh man, him on Instagram all day. He's just, I don't, man, he posts the funniest shit. I just, uh, and that's, that's why people follow him because they know that he's going to uh he's gonna stir up stuff he's 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 not gonna bite his tongue he's like just gonna always say like you know what i'm saying something that caused some type of controversy so i think people learned that too from that like you know when when you beef with people that's just controversy that's extra publicity so you know people run with that and obviously beefing is very unique to hip-hop like you don't see it in other genres like i don't hear about like pop stars beefing with other pop stars. Like hip hop just has this unique me versus you mentality. Like it's competitive. Like even with myself, like um, that's why some people might get me mistaken for like, kind of like a battle rapper because it's like, it's competitive. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to bite your head off. It's like, it's the street. It's like hip hop is the streets. You know, it's like, ah, like, you know what I'm saying? People are at each other's throat. You know what I'm saying? Have you had any beefs yourself? Um, no, I haven't. When I was in high school, I did. We had like a little beef, like you know, we had little clicks and all that. But as far as me being older, no, I never, I never had a beef like that. I don't think, um, I don't think I've been out there enough to really clash with anybody like that yet. At this point, you know, it's like it's like good and bad. Like you know, you can get the publicity, but at the same time, you know, you put it's a risk. Because it's a literally head to head, and sometimes you don't get to choose who that person is that you beef with. Exactly, exactly. It could end up. It's either one or two things. It can end up elevating your career, or it could end up destroying your career. You know what I'm saying? With me, I think if that ever happened, I think it would definitely elevate my career because I would be prepared. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. You know, I'm not going to jump out there with nothing whack. Like I'm always practicing on you know, what I would do if somebody was to come for me like that. So I don't know, man, maybe in the future, I'm not saying I want beef, but I'm not backing down from it either. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. If someone, if someone, you know, has a go, you can't just sit, sit here. You got to clap back. You got to clap back. You got to everybody watching. This is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless the only reason I wouldn't clap back is, is if it was just like an artist that was just, so not known, like, and in, in was garbage. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, I'm not going to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? But if it's somebody that's, like, on my level or close to my level and they come with some fire, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, we going, for sure. <laughs> Silence in that scenario is worse than having a poor reaction. Like, if you don't say anything, 
Yeah. People turn around and go, well, then it's all true if you didn't say anything. Yeah, exactly. 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 So I don't know, man. Maybe one day. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were coming up, so, you know, going back to your journey, when you were obviously listening to, to this music, were you writing it down and then trying to, like, Re, re-wrap it? Were you trying to put your own spin on it? How were you trying to kind of develop that skill? Um, When I would write down their lyrics, I would uh, yeah, I would try to put my own little spin on it. I just remember rapping um, I was writing down Ludacris's one of Ludacris's lyrics and uh, it was on that Chicken and Beer album, but uh, I just would write it down and just kind of like see the cadence of it, like just read it back to myself because I thought it was so tight. It was one of Eminem's raps too that I wrote down. And I just, I remember when I first heard him on, um, the first song I heard by him was, I'm Slim Shady, I'm the real Shady. (laughs) And I remember that part where he was like, I'm like a headset to listen to because I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room. The only difference is I got the balls to say it in front of y'all and I ain't got to be false or sugarcoated at all. I just thought that was so tight. (laughs) <laughs> back when I was on that I had to like write that down and just see how he came up with that you know what I'm saying so yeah I would, I would pretty much write it down and um not to not put my own spin on it but just try to see how they came up with it like you know it, it helped me be able to write better though in the long run and what do you think it was that allowed obviously the legends of the game to be able to write like that they did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably heard like, like Eminem probably heard, you know, like his person that like big L, I don't know who he was listening to, to tell you the truth, but like his OG he probably heard that and probably wrote it down just so he could try to, you know what I'm saying? See the cadence of it. I think that that's, that's a very good exercise to help people get better is writing down the lyrics. Cause then you could really pick apart how they came up with, you know, what they're rapping. So I think that's pretty much how all the legends did it, just like studying their greats, you know? Yeah, and do you think that like, do you still write your own lyrics, like in terms of notepad and pen, or do you use like, you know, computer, iPhone? Um, It varies. Sometimes I'll write it down in my head. Like a lot of times I'll write down the verses in my head, you know, uh, just like, I wouldn't say freestyling because I'm thinking of the bars all day. Like I'm, I'm just putting it together, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I'll write it in my head and then come. And then, and then I feel like uh, if I don't want to forget it, I'll record it on my, on my phone, like just record little parts of it. Or I'll even um, just write down a whole bunch of lines. Like I'll just say like little clever lines. I'll think of a clever line and I'll write it down. And then I'll end up just putting that all together for a verse. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's rare that I take a pen and pad and write down a whole verse. That's rare. I usually just try to think of it in my head. You know, you're actually the first one that said that, that you like just, you know, think of it into your head and then you just record it live. Most, you know, especially people coming up because it is definitely a difficult skill to develop the ability to, always be writing, always be thinking of lyrics and always be like, you know, coming up with a verse, with a flow. What do you think it is that helps you develop that? Obviously that's like a long journey in your career, but that is 
definitely a skill in itself to be able to always be writing. What do I think helped develop to be able to write in my head? Yeah. Um, I would say it's like uh, just just practice. Like over the years, it was like I couldn't always get to a pen and pad. So I, I had to like I might be at school or something. Well, not even at school. I might be at work or somewhere where it's not a pen and pad or I couldn't pull my phone out. And it's like, OK, I got to think of this line and just keep it in my head. So I'll just keep saying it back to myself. I think it's just like repetition, you know what I'm saying? And then sometimes I'll be too lazy to want to write it down. It's like, I just want to just go at it, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's just repetition, a lot of repetition of practicing it. And when did you know you wanted to be like an artist? Like you obviously had that influence from a very young age, but at what point were you like, this is actually what I want to do all the time? Man, I would have to say like eight years old, (laughs) like for real, like, People, people might think I'm like, you know, capping, but I would really have to say eight years old. I'm like, I was just in love with making music. And um, that's when I really told myself, like, this is what I want to do. Like, but for the rest of my life is make music. So I say about like eight or nine. And then me and my sister, we would make songs. Me and my older sister, that's how it really started. Like, we started making um, making music together. My, my dad got us a keyboard. And um, we just started making making music. And that's just what I've been on since then. Like, I've never stopped. Like, anybody who knows me, that's all they know me for. Is like, if they come over my house for a sleepover or something, I'm trying to record music. Let's record. Let's record. Let's, you know what I'm saying? I'm, that's just always just been a part of my life is uh, putting music together. So I would definitely have to say, like, eight. How, do you, how did that influence your, your school? Because obviously, like, once you have like, the, this is what I want to do. Obviously you don't need school necessarily to become a successful artist. And did that influence your impression of school? <coughs> Sorry, man. Are you good? In a major way. Um, I would be in the class, like I'd be in class, like with my headphones on, like listening to beats and all that, like, or, just trying to listen to music, just like going to sleep in class. I'm like, fuck this shit. I even rap about that in my music. I'm like, fuck school. I don't need that shit. Uh, study the game. And one day I'm a, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just studying the game. Like I did enough to get by because I didn't want to get in trouble. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get cussed out by my mom or, but I would, I would do just the bare minimum. But for the most part, it was like, I didn't, what you're saying. Like I didn't, I didn't think school, was necessary, <clears throat> but if I could do it again, I would pay a little bit more attention in school because some of the things are necessary. You need to you need to have some type of book smarts so you can um, be better at lyrically, like lyrically wise. Like you have to have some type of smarts. So uh, yeah, to answer your question though, I definitely didn't take school serious. It's like screw this. I'm not trying to hear nothing they got to say. I know what I'm about to be. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's how I was pretty much thinking back then. Well, I mean, you definitely touch on on a point. Obviously, you know, rapping and being able to form, you know, rhymes and verses is all about the understanding of language and all about the yeah, understanding exactly. of the flow and how you can pronounce certain words in different ways and how you can put it put things together. 
Um, so I think it is almost one of those underrated or not spoke about things until obviously you start putting pen to pad. You're like, damn, I actually got to know the way the words work. Exactly. And, but that's one thing that I could say, I always did good in English. Like I always did good in English class. Like I've always been good with words and being able to just, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if anything in school, like caught my attention, I would pay attention to it. But like math class and like all those type of classes, like I'm not trying to encourage kids to not pay attention. Like, like I said, if I can go back, I would definitely pay more attention, but those classes, I really would like just zone out and just be writing music and listening to music. You know what I'm saying? I think the challenge with school is that for a lot of people, it's not relevant. Like, you know, if you look at the majority of people, like, do you need to know calculus to do your everyday job? Probably not. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, you know, English is going to be relevant for everybody regardless of what career you're in. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, I, I remember I was I was into English. Like, I was good at that. I always had a good grades. And like, I, my grades was actually pretty decent. You know, like I said, I did the bare minimum to get by. Um, I just wasn't, I just wasn't in it. And then I think my dad, like, he used to want me to go to like college and go to school. And he would always be like, who's going to count your money for you once you do get famous. And once you do, you know what I'm saying? Um, And I always kind of like try to like just prove him wrong. Like I don't need school to do what I need, want to do. You know what I'm saying? And did you finish high school or was there a point where you were like, you know what, I've got what I can get out of it and, and call it quits. I finished it. I did. We had a proficiency test and I didn't pass my math proficiency test. Um, but they ended up taking that proficiency test away. Like they ended up making that. So basically you could have your diploma without having to pass that proficiency test. So um, long story short, like when I graduated, it was just a certificate of attendance, but three years later after they made that, so you didn't need that proficiency test, they let the people who um, didn't pass that get their diplomas. Awesome. So basically, I was able to get my diploma. I got all my credits and everything. And so growing up, were you like working other jobs? Obviously, it takes time before you as a hip hop artist start to make money. So was there like, you know, other jobs that you were doing in the meantime to like find studio time and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I, 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 my first job was Denny's. That didn't last too long. Um I got that job when I was like 17. Then I worked a couple, like I worked at Walmart and I, I worked at a warehouse job. I, like, like I always was holding down a job um, until recently, to tell you the truth. Like I was driving Uber for a little bit, but then um, I started getting paid more money off of TuneCore and that's been getting me up, pretty much getting me by. So I'm just, you know, rocking that TuneCore and just, trying to keep music coming out. Like I don't have a job right now. This is my career. So I pretty much just been putting all my time into, you know, this. Have you found that since you've gone full-time artist that your music has gotten better significantly? Um, Definitely. Because I have more time to um, really focus on the craft of music and not be at work where my energy is kind of like being drained. You know what I'm saying? Um, So definitely, I would say it definitely has a huge effect on um, making it way better. 
Yeah, definitely, man. It just removes those distractions. It allows you to kind of open your mind. And you know, at the end of the day, like you have a full day at work, you come home and you're tired rather than yeah. like being fresh. When you wake up, you, you go do some exercise, you have breakfast, you're like, whatever your routine is, like you're fresh, you're ready to go. Whereas you come home after like long day at work, you know, customers are assholes or whatever happens in yeah. your day. And then you got to, then you got to come up with some bars and then you got to record and then you got to, you know, do what you need to do and you don't go home and you don't sleep. And then you got to go to work the next day. Yeah. You're drained, man. It's like not to knock anybody with a nine to five, but um, sometimes you just got to take that leap of faith and just do what you love doing. It's like with me, it's like, I'd rather at this point in my life, I'd rather be broke before I go work another three years at a job to where I'm just so unhappy. I remember my last job, I was working in a warehouse and I was just miserable, man. Like I was so unhappy and um, it wasn't even getting me by. Like I was still struggling. Like I'm doing way better now, not working a job. You know what I'm saying? When I was working a job, I was, I actually had less money you know what I'm saying? Unless time to myself, I was just miserable and I didn't have enough energy to put into my career. So um, you're definitely right about that, man. So, I mean, it's strange because the way people talk about artists and musicians, they talk about it as if it's not a job. Like, they you do. know what I mean? They, like you grow yeah, up and do. people like, you need to go get a job. And then you're like, I want to be a full-time artist. They're like, well, that's not a job. Yeah, because a lot of people are very simple minded, man. A lot of people don't believe in they don't believe in, in you until you actually make it like you would you would <clears throat> you wouldn't even be able to believe like the people that talk shit about me doing music or has something to say about me doing music. And they see me do something big. Then they're like, yeah, I knew you just got to stick with it. Like people are like they switch like a lot of people switch. They don't. And they want to put their limitations on you. Like if they don't think that something's possible, they want to tell you that it's not possible and make you believe that. But you really have to be strong willed to be like, fuck that. I'm following my dreams. I'm doing what I love to do. That's what people need to understand is like, what do you want to do with your life? Don't let nobody tell you what you should be doing with your life. I don't care who it is. What's the tradition of how shit is supposed to work. If that's not what you want to do, if it doesn't make you happy, then don't do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people that that's, that's, that's a big thing too. Like that's frustrating because a lot of people like would tell me that before I started making music money off of music. And even still to this day, like they don't believe that it's going to be like um, good for the long run. You know what I'm saying? Like screw that. I do what I want to do. Like I do what makes me happy when I was working a job and was, was miserable to the outside, I looked like a hardworking, honest man. But in the inside of myself, I was slowly dying. Like, I'm going to do what makes me happy. And I suggest everybody does do that. Like, do what makes you happy. Don't do what everybody says you should be doing. Because then you'll look back on your life and you'll be like, damn, what if I would have followed my dreams instead of listening to everybody else? You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah, and I think there are countless of examples of you know, people that we would have never heard of that have potential, but have been trapped by expectation, trapped by people around them telling them not to take a risk, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then they 
you know, imagine if Biggie worked a full-time job and never went for it. Imagine if Tupac never went for it, you know? Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, the people that we all love and the people we all look up to, they all took risks and they all yeah. did went against the grain. They didn't do something that was like, you know, the normal. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, you got to take risks. Like, if you really want to be great, you're go- you're not, it's like, you're not going to hear everybody like cheering you on. Like at first it's cute. Like when I was doing music, when I was a kid, like it was real cute to everybody. Like everybody, Oh yeah, they're, they're doing music. It was real cute. But then when you get older, it's like, um, you need to do this. Don't you want to have a plan B? Like what's your plan B? If this doesn't work, I don't have a plan B. This shit's going to fucking work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's what people get wrong. Like the plan B's and the plan C's no, this, I don't have no other plan. Like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make it work. Like the human mind is powerful. You could do whatever you want to do. It's just what you're willing to go through for it. Like how many times are you willing to hear the, the word? No. How many times are you going to put up a rejection? Like if you believe in yourself, you keep going. There's no way like that you are not going to make it. And then people like with hip hop, it's like once you're almost 30 or you're past 30, they look at you like, you're you're too old and that's not even the case anymore because look at all the artists that we have out now most of the artists that's really out right now are over 30 years old you know what i'm saying like i don't know if you ever heard of benny the butcher or two chains or all these people like they're well mid-30s and still doing it so age is only in your mind like you put your own limitations up like I see like people that I used to rap with back in the day that's older. They're like, they don't rap anymore because they feel like they're too old. Like that's in your mind. If you think like that, then you're too old. Like, but if you feel like, no, I still got my shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Pop my shit. Then that's what it's going to be. People going to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole Griselda crew is. Exactly. Is like, and you know, Buster Rhymes just dropped a new album as well. And that's gone Mm -hmm. huge whenever Eminem drops a new album and he's well into exactly. his 40s. So exactly. it, age has nothing to do with music. Nothing. Yeah. 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 Real talk. It's in your mind. Like everything is just, everything is in your mind. Like your limitations, you put your own limitations up. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you can let people put limitations on you because they put limitations on themselves. But it's just all about your willpower and what you believe in is what's going to make you successful or not, you know? So I think you said something really important is that a lot of people try to limit you because they are ashamed that they didn't go for it or that oh, yeah. They, yeah. they didn't take the risk. And so they don't want you to go big because it's something mm-hmm. that they have to internally, like, you know, come to grips with the fact that they could have and they could have been successful. They would rather hold you back so they don't have to deal with that you know, that shame inside. Exactly. Because in their mind, they'll be able to like justify why they quit. Like they'd be like, see, I knew it wasn't possible. Look at he, he fell too. He failed. He failed. You know what I'm saying? I knew I couldn't like that just gives them more of a reason of why they gave up on their dreams to see you give up on yours and more of an excuse. And um, it, what hurts is it's usually the people that's the closest to you that do that. And that's what the big test is. You know what I'm saying? Because when you hear somebody that's close to you say things like that, that's what really could throw you off. Because you think they love you. Like, you think they, they got your best interest. So he's like, 
you'll be like, why are they telling me this? Like, you know what I'm saying? This is my family. Like, you know, it's supposed to be love. Like they got, they can't be lying to me. They, they love me. Why would they tell me this? So that's what it throw a lot of people off, but you just got to stay on your path. You got to stay on your journey and just keep it up. Just keep going. Well, I mean, partners and girlfriends as well. So like, you know, it, it is often surprising. I remember I was trying to do something when I was younger, like I started selling something or whatever, just trying to, you know, do my own thing. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, she was like, you know, it's you're taking a lot of time, you know, don't take risks. And it was that mm-hmm. same talk. And yeah, it surprised me because I was like, the person that I look to is your partner. The person that you trust is like your girlfriend, like you sleep next to each other in bed. Yeah. You would think that they would support you, but that isn't often the case. It's not. It's not. And once that happens, you got to, anybody who doesn't see your vision, you definitely got to shake from them. Like you got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially a spouse. Like I've never had that problem. Like my wife, like she's never really, she's never doubted me in my career because when we first got together, it was like, this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? You might think I'm playing about this. Like you might hear people rapping and all this other shit, but this is what I do for real. This is, you know what I'm saying? So if you want to be a part of this journey, you got to understand that. And luckily she's never, you know, tried to talk me out of um, doing what I love. You know what I'm saying? It's been other close people, but luckily she's never did that. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. How do you overcome when when people that you trust or like you you trusted and they turn around and they say, you know what, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. How do you overcome that battle? Because that is quite a tough thing to go through. People that you trust telling you things you don't want to hear and telling you messages that just isn't going to help you. You said, how did I overcome it? Yeah. Just keep moving. Like, uh, I, I was hurt. I was very hurt by it. Like, you know, I was just like down, but everything, my model for everything is just keep moving forward, keep pushing forward, no matter what, just keep, just do shit. Like I was, I was reading, um, 50 cents book. Um, I forgot what the 50th name is. law. No, no. I, I read that one too. The audio book. I've heard yeah. the audio book, but he has another one out, um, hustle harder. And, uh, he says, uh, just do shit. Like, for real, like, just do shit. Like, just keep moving. Keep moving forward. Like, don't stop. Just whatever you could do. Like, how we're doing this right now. Like, just keep moving. Whatever you could think of to do, just do shit. Don't sit there and, and uh, you know, feel sorry for yourself. Just just keep moving. So that's what I, my advice would be to anybody going through that or, you know, that got family members or so-called friends telling them shit like that. Just take the time to be sad about it because it is going to hurt. You know, you could sit and you could be like, damn, why would they tell me this and, and do all that? But just keep moving. Just keep fighting and going forward. Yeah. Don't give up because at the end of the day, you've got two choices. You either give up and they're right or you keep going and they're wrong. That's it. Exactly. You don't have, it's, it. it's up to you at the end of the day. And you don't fail until you give up. Like that's when you fail. Like there's no such thing as failing. Like, and there's no such thing as like just being the ultimate success. Like even people like 50 Cent, all these people, they'll tell you like they're, they're still moving. Like you got to keep going. Like they didn't reach a certain point. Like I made it. This is it. It's over. Like I'm successful now. No, it's success is a journey. Like it's no 
destination. It's really just like a journey, you know, so you just got to keep on moving. Well, I mean, Eminem said that, you know, when he makes an album, he has hundreds of tracks that he has thrown in the trash. Mm-hmm. If Eminem is throwing his own work in the bin because he thinks it's not good enough, you keep going. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if 50 Cent still has the work ethic and he is extremely successful, you keep going. If Dr. Dre is still going, I'm telling you, you just can't give up. You just can't, man. Just got to keep on pushing. And, you know, um, yeah, you'll start to see results. Like once you keep pushing and giving everything that you got, you'll start to see results. And those same people that doubted you, they'll be around talking about how proud proud they are of you and all that. So just got to keep moving, man. And so what keeps you motivated? Like what keeps you going and what's your goal? Like do you have a vision where you want to be? I definitely do. Um, um, what keeps me motivated is all the people that told me I couldn't do what I'm doing. Like all the people that told me to stop doing music all the failures and all the losses, that's what really keeps me motivated. It's just, I think if I would have came out and everybody just loved me and everybody just said, you're the best and you could do it. And there was nobody that talked shit and I didn't get bold and I didn't get told no, I didn't get rejected. Then I wouldn't have no reason to do it. I'd just be like, you know what? I, I probably wouldn't even, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have nothing that nobody would prove wrong, but since so many people have, I've been rejected so many times and I've heard no so many times and so many people told me what I can't do. That's just my fuel and I love it. So I'm always looking for the next person to tell me what I can't do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always looking for that next high of, you know, um, like I said, somebody just telling me what I can't do or trying to put limitations on me so I could accomplish that, you know? You sound like, you know, for me, it's like the perfect example of, you know, people who win the lottery, they lose all their money in like three to five years. Like it's gone. They're back to square one. They've quit their job. They spend all the cash and then they're back to that job that they had before they won the lottery versus you look at people who, you know, years of work, years and years and years of work, they get that no, they get knocked back. They have to bounce back. They try this. It doesn't work. They try that. It doesn't work. And eventually it works. They don't Mm -hmm. lose their money because they had to work for it and they understand exactly the sacrifice that it takes man that's perfect that's beautiful that's that's my life right there like it was nothing was handed like i'm talking about yeah nothing was handed man um i had to work for every single everything that i've got every every fan every single fan I had to work for no nothing. I didn't get no breaks. Nobody said, I'm going to give you this or I'm going to post you here for free. I'm going to do this. No type of breaks. Everything was strictly groundwork. And that's what lasts in the game. You're a hundred percent right about that with the lottery thing. Like some of these people are overnight celebrities and you see, they lose it as fast as they get it. Me, it's taken me a while, but I'm building real fans like true fans that really want to see me succeed and that's really going to ride with me whether I win or lose so um that's what it's really about man just the long the long run yeah well I mean you look at artists like the common linguists and you look at artists like you know tech nine they're not 
the biggest artists in the world, but they've got longevity. They've got such a such a strong fan base because they are consistently putting out work. They are consistently sticking to their sound. They've got something unique and they've built a brand off that. And that is what is keeping them successful rather than just, you know, going, trying to go for huge popularity and then you're gone as quickly as you showed up. Like how many artists blowed and then they're, they're nowhere to be seen. Like, you know, I think of designer, he came out with Panda and I'm a fan of designers work, but he hasn't come out with anything as big since then. And he's always going to be compared to that, you know, that blow. And, and now yeah. it's it's a real challenge because, like, you know, you'd rather build your career rather than just be one hit wonder and then no one talks about you again. Exactly. Exactly. So I love it, man. You're 100% right. And I, I love my journey. I love this path. You know what I'm saying? I, w- I wouldn't trade it. Like, And it also builds character, too, like having to keep, losing and hearing no and failing and that just builds character so i wouldn't trade it man i wouldn't trade it for nothing well man like i i started my career in sales so like i used to sell stuff and like that is where i learned no that is where you 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 have the attitude you're either gonna get it or you're not and i saw people who had a lot of potential who were probably more naturally gifted than i was at being able to sell but they were just unable to get past that. No, I always view it as a no, not yet. Uh-huh. It's just not yet. It's coming. I'll get the yes. Like I'll, I'll keep exactly. Going. There'll be no stopping. That's real, man. That's real. And that's, that's the same with the music thing. A lot of people are very talented, but they don't have the work ethic. You know what I'm saying? You can be as talented as you want to be, but if you don't got the work ethic and you can't deal with rejection and you can't put yourself out there, you're not going to get too far. And if you're waiting for somebody to give you a handout, you're not going to get too far. Me, it's like, I'll build this shit on my own. Like everything you see is like pretty much, like I said, it's it's all groundwork for me, you know? So that's so real, are man. You, are you independent at the moment? Or do you have a record yeah. label behind you? You go independent? No, strictly independent, man. Strictly independent. Just grinding it, man. Grinding it out, uh, independent. And tell you the truth, I'm not really looking for a record label until um, I could find one that really sees my vision and is um, willing to get behind me. But I know for that, I have to continue to build my brand. So I have leverage, you know, enough leverage to where they have to get on board with what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I'm independent. I'm independent and and like I'm not in a rush to be signed or anything. I'm just loving this. I'm loving the independent grind, putting doing music when I want, doing whatever I, what I want. Like I like being free. Like I don't like nobody telling me when I can drop music. I don't like nobody telling me how to drop music or what to do. That's why I never liked that that's why I never that's another reason why I didn't too much like school. I felt like it was too much like jail. Like I don't, I don't like nobody in work. I didn't, I didn't like nine to five. So I felt like that was like jail. Like I don't like nobody telling me when I can leave. I don't like nobody telling me what to do. Like as especially as a grown man, like I like freedom, you know. So, um, yeah. To answer your question, I am independent, but you know, if the right deal comes along, we'll see. Well, I mean, the risk is, you know, you hear countless stories as well of like artists who get deals and then they get shelved. 
Like, you exactly. know, they don't release music for, for years because the, that studio turns around and goes, this isn't what we want to release right now. Or this isn't what the brand or this isn't exactly what we asked for. And then your career goes nowhere for two years and you got to rebuild. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, that would drive me insane. Like just not being able to put out music when I want to. Like I couldn't do it, man. That would drive me insane. I have to be able to do what I want to do, especially with my music. I've been fighting my whole life to for my music. Like my whole life I've been fighting to try to prove people that this is the right path for me and this is what I do. I haven't did all that just to get to a point where somebody could tell me what I could do with my music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would be moving backwards. Like, you know, so. Yeah. And also those yeah. deals are heavily, uh, you know, they don't favor the artists 99% of the time. They don't. They don't favor, like, you're, you're almost better off, especially now with, you know, Instagram, TikTok, all, all the technology, Spotify, Apple Music, you have way more flexibility to be able to control what you do versus, you know, they book appearances. They tell you when to do this. They tell you when to do that. And then exactly. where does the money go? Exactly. No, it's like, it's a lot, man. People don't understand with the, with the record labels. They think just by getting signed, they've made it, but that's, a whole nother battle. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said, like, I'm just building up my leverage to where when I do get to that point, they got to move, you know, they got to, they got to move on my energy. They got to, you know what I'm saying? I got enough leverage to do things the way that I do them. And I definitely don't want to be in a situation where they have any power to hold my music back because I take a lot of pride in my music and, and the type of music that I make, you know what I'm saying? So it definitely has to be on my terms and I'm not in no rush. I'm 29 years old. I'm doing what I love. You know what I'm saying? I'm no, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. Other people might be in a rush for me. They may look at me and be like, why aren't you signed yet? You're underrated. You're this, you're that. No, I'm, this is my journey. Like I'm loving every second of it. Let me be under, underrated right now. You know what I'm saying? Whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. So. Well, I think personally underrated is the biggest compliment you can get. Like underrated, yeah. it's coming. So you just got to keep going. So, I mean, every time I look at underrated, I'm like, well, you know, that is the biggest compliment anyone can ever give you is because yeah. they think you deserve more. And that's fantastic, but it'll come eventually. Exactly. Yeah. I, I take it. I definitely take it as a compliment. Like, I don't get offended, but I know a lot of people, they'll, like I said, they'll put their, their shit on you. They'll be like, they might look like you haven't made it yet. Maybe you should do something else or you got to just all types of things I'll be hearing. It's just like, I just let people talk, man. I just let people talk and just continue to do what I do. Just like I said, like I just continue to do shit and just um, continue moving forward. You know, just keep pushing forward, making projects like these mixtapes. Like I haven't dropped an album yet. Like every tape that you've heard, those are all mixtapes. And when I drop my album, and that's when I'll have like the major push behind it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just gonna keep putting these mixtapes out until I'm. I feel like my talent is completely perfected, and then you know, hit them with the with the album. You know, and hopefully, you know, uh, it blows people away. And you know, I'm on a I'm on another level by then. So I'm sure it will. And. The thing about like, you know, people like to see visible success. So when they see you, if you sign at a record label, they see visible success. So they think that you're 
quote unquote successful. But what they don't see is that at the same time you're getting signed, the label is signing three or four other people. And then yeah. they're, they're spreading their risk because it's a business, right? So if, yeah. if you don't deliver what they want, they've got three or four other artists that are going to deliver what they want, or at least one of them will deliver and they just drop one album instead of yours. So there's like a lot of risk when you go into a label. It's not necessarily made your career at all, like you said. Exactly. Exactly, man. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just loving the journey. I'm just loving the journey of everything. And I know everything's going to happen the way that it's meant to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just loving the journey of just putting out music and getting better with it and trying to find new sounds and, you know what I'm saying, perfecting my craft. Well, I mean, you dropped in the past, you know, 12 months since you dropped uh, the return of the 90s, you dropped four other mixtapes. Like, yeah. I think your year in terms of work ethic has been unparalleled, like, four mixtapes in 12 months. I've spoken to people who don't drop a, drop a mixtape for two years, let alone yeah. four within 12 months. Yeah, man. I'm just trying to work, man. I'm just, you know, like I said, that's my, my goal is just to how much um, and quality. I want to go for quality too and make sure I have a message behind my music. I don't just want to put out no crap, but um, next year, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, do the same thing, but, I'm I'm gonna be really focused on singles, just dropping my songs as singles, dropping a lot of singles. So next year is gonna be a single year to where I drop um I'm 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 thinking uh one single every other week. So two singles a month, you know what I'm saying? Uh 24, 24 singles. So uh it's and hopefully very similar to like you know King Crooked, he was doing the weeklies dropping yeah. track every week. I always like something like that. It keeps your fans interested. Like, you know, people who like your music, they're going to keep listening because you're always dropping stuff. You never become irrelevant. Exactly. I, I really got that plan from uh, Russ. Uh, I was reading his book. I don't know if you're familiar with Russ, but he had a book on, uh, you know, how he pretty much came up and he was saying he was dropping a single. I don't know if it was every week or every day but he dropped a lot of singles and i'm just like hmm let me let me try that out for a little bit because i usually i'm a project person i like putting out bodies of work but i want to try the single game and see like the difference of that so i'm gonna devote my whole next year to just dropping singles you know what i'm saying yeah i think that you're gonna and i think people will find that you start to keep developing as you're dropping singles because you're always working and you're always seeing what the reaction is. All right. So what do people like about this? What do people like about that? And you can almost learn on the fly. Exactly. Yeah, man. And so obviously you've got you've got a couple of different styles of your mixtapes. You've obviously got, you know, more of your boom bap style hip hop. You did a, a few freestyles on old classic beats. You obviously did Dead Presidents, a freestyle on there. And then you've obviously got more of your your trappy beats. How do you decide on like which sound you're going to go for is it just you know spare of the moment i would say it's like the, the spare of the moment like and to tell you the truth sometimes i have like because i love i love it all like i love trap i love hip-hop i love boom bap i'll have these uh modes to where i'm just like okay i'm in a trap mode like i just feel like making trap shit like and then i'll have a mode to where it's like I'm in a hip hop mode. Like I want to really get 
you know, like I want some boom bap beats to where I could just spit, like you know what I'm saying. So it really just depends on the type of creative mode I'm in, you know. But I definitely I like I like that you noticed that because I like to do both. Like I don't want to I don't want to ever be put in a box as just a boom bap rapper or just a, you know what I'm saying. I like to mix it up. Yeah, I, I think it works for you. To be honest, I think it gives you a nice kind of cross-section of if you feel like trap, you can go to Jamar. If you feel like boom bap, well, guess what? You can also go to Jamar. Like you've got you've got both. So whatever you feel, you can go to. But one of my favorite things that you did was your four-minute freestyle. I think it was like four years ago or something. It's out on YouTube and you just hit classic beats and your flows on that were so good and the way you changed between flows, like very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that was that was four years ago. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, and just still like, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you noticed that it's like like the trap and the hip hop. It's like I want my fans to be able to be whatever they're feeling like they can get it from me. If you, you want to hear some trap shit, I got that. You want to hear some hip hop shit? I got that, too. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad you noticed that, man. Well, I think the the thing that I noticed the most was your work ethic. I think if you look at your journey in general, the thing that has been driving you is you're motivated and you want it. Like you can tell when you release music, you're not releasing music for the sake of it. You're releasing music because you really want it and you love it. And you're quite an introspective person. There are a lot of tracks where you kind of look internally and you're talking about your journey. You're talking about like, you know, what you've been through. I think as a fan, that is always good. Like part of my favorite, one of my favorite music is when an artist reveals about themselves because it's not just like, you know, I'm gangster. Like I do this, I do that. When like, I love that more than anyone. I love gangster shit. Like I love that, you know, I'll, I'll cap you or whatever it is. I love that stuff. Um, (laughs) But but at the same time, I also like tracks where you're like, you know, this is me from the inside. This is my journey. This has influenced me. And you won't know, but I've come on a tough road to get to where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. That means, that means a lot. Like to even know people like are listening to that. Like they, they like that type of music because that's what I want to give people. I want to give people hope and I want to give, I don't want to get paint this fake, fake picture. Like everything is easy. Like if you want something, I want to show people that you have to work hard for it. And I want to give you guys my story because sometimes people can relate to that. A lot of people can relate to my story. So I appreciate that, man. Well, I think your challenges make you interesting. I think the, yeah. the, your journey itself being unique is what gives you your unique sound and gives you your unique flavor. So, you know, if, if there's any other artist who isn't sure, do I talk about my journey or do I talk about the image that I want to portray? Always talk about your journey because talk about that journey. That's how you get the real fans. Like I want the real fans. I don't want the bandwagon hoppers or the people that, that, that like a fake person like that, that just want to be a fan of somebody that's not real. You know, I I want people that, you know, that really, that know my music and that fuck with me for me because uh, I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? So 
I don't want to have to sell this facade. I want to be who I am. So that's what I pretty much base my whole career around is just being me. Like I am Jamar. That's why, you know what I'm saying? I name it that because it's like, um, I'm just being me. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, is this what you're going to get? Like the real me, my real life stories, you know, just that real shit, man. And do you have a particular story that you kind of look back on that is like your most challenging or one that you look at as a defining moment for you? Man, I have a lot of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, When I went on Rhythm and Flow, um, I I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that was like a show on Netflix. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get to go on to the next round. But that was like a defining moment to where I was just like, oh, man, I never felt so bad in my life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they sent me home and um, actually Chance the Rapper. And, you know what I'm saying? Chance the Rapper, it was Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, T.I. Cardi B liked it. Like, she liked my performance, but everybody else wasn't really feeling it. And that was like, man, to have those, to be judged by your by people that you looked up to and to have to go home, like, you know, that, that really was like a moment for me where I was like, I didn't know if I wanted to rap anymore. I was like, man, fuck this shit. Like it was raining that day. It was like a storm and rain that day. Like it was like <laughs> the dramatics is like a movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like extra dramatic that day. Like it was super cold, windy, storming, pouring rain. And uh, I just remember I had to fly back home and I was on the plane and I just wanted to, man, like I I didn't want to do music anymore. Like I really just wanted to die. If I'm being honest, I wanted to die at that moment. Like I didn't even want to live. Like I just felt so fucking defeated. It was like, if they told me no, then what am I doing? Like I should just quit. But, you know, it was something I got past and it made me stronger. And I take that as fuel to keep progressing and moving forward and doing more music. So I would say that's definitely a time where I felt like that. How did you get through it? Like, because that is, you know, one of those moments where you're like, this is my shot. Like this is where, you know, people dream of having, you know, those big artists listen to their music and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, to have one of them say that they like it is a win, considering, like, you know, there's always a positive spin in my mind, but to have at least one of them say, I like it, means that you're doing something right. Yeah, that's true. Um, How did I get past it? It's just pretty much like what I said before. It just I just kept moving. Like, I remember getting back home and... uh I just, you know, I felt so bad, but I just, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't even know how I kept recording. I just hit the studio again and just kept going. I just kept going, man. I just, like, I had a day. Like I said, this is what I would tell anybody out there. Like, have your day. Like, and give yourself permission the day to be, like, to just fucking feel bad. Like, give yourself permission the day to just say, you know what? I feel fucked up today. I don't want to do this no more. Give yourself that. But then the next day you hit that shit again, get back in that booth, 
and I did see the positive of it. I did see, um, okay, at least somebody liked it. At least I made it out there. You know, at least, uh, you know, got the opportunity to do that. So I got to be moving in the right direction. I'm not moving backwards. You know what I'm saying? That was a, that was a new opportunity. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I pretty much got past it. I just, I'll have a day, like I'll have a day to where I just feel terrible. And then the next day I'll find new strength from that. Like I'll find, like I said, I'll, I'll want to prove those people wrong. So they, it actually gives me more strength than before. So. Well, I think that has helped you to be honest, like accepting your emotions rather than pushing them away. You can tell exactly. music that you're very accepting of your challenges. You're very accepting of the way you feel. And I think as men, definitely like, you know, I don't know about you, but growing up, like, you know, it's, we're always taught that men are supposed to be strong, show no emotion exactly. and not let things get to us. But there is strength in being emotional. There is strength in understanding that sadness and happiness are on the same spectrum and that they influence art more specifically. Exactly. No, that's that's 100, man. And even about the being a man thing, like everybody does look at you like that's the tough part about being a man is because people don't expect you to have emotions. You're supposed to kind of just bury those. And you know what I'm saying? But for me, it's like I don't care what people think. Like I know who I am. I, I, I know myself. And that's what I would like to tell somebody else that might be going through the same thing is. Give yourself that day. Let yourself feel fucked up because, you know, you can't hide that. You can't. And um, even putting it in my music, that's that's another way that I dealt with it is just putting it in my music and continue to move, continuing to move forward. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, you are not your gender. You are not, you know, your, your skin color. You are not your religion. You are just who you are as an individual. And that is the authenticity that everybody looks for and you keep it real and then that's what people click with so i mean they're all they're, they were the tracks that i liked the most out of yours the ones where you're spitting and going hard and then the ones where you're showing like that that kind of introspective side so yeah man if if you haven't heard it before i'm a fan of that kind of stuff so keep doing that that's you know obviously you know obviously you've got a lot of fans so um it clearly is working thank you man thank you i appreciate you man for real well man i'm i'm no, nah, go ahead. No, I was just looking for a charger. My phone was on ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to slickly find this charger while talking. It's the one challenge of us not being in the in the same place that, like, you know, we have to do it over over Zoom. But it also, yeah. it's it's a huge benefit because, as as I was saying before, we started recording. Like, hip hop in Australia is getting bigger, and you know, we've had. Eminem tour, he came down with J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, Action Bronson, and he comes down. And so hip-hop is getting bigger. So I'm always, always looking to big up Australia. So if you ever want to tour and come down, you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be the first one at the show, to be honest. Man, hopefully, Lord's willing, man, very soon. I'm going to be putting together a tour. And um, I would love to touch down in Australia because I do a couple of fans out there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, hopefully so, man. We're going to be touring real soon, man. Keep an ear out for me. I will, man. And then when you're here, we can <laughs> catch up face to face. I can show you some of the places. So, um, you know, Australia is a big place. I'm, I'm in Melbourne personally, but um, don't tell anyone I said this, but Sydney's for tourists. Melbourne's the place to live. 
So that's hey. like how I. <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. So what's next for you? you? You talked about those singles that you were wanting to drop singles. Do you have any idea about like what content you want to start releasing? Is there anything that you want to try achieve into the next 12 to 24 months? Um, just just the, um, like I said, like my whole next year is going to be devoted to um, singles and um, some visuals. And like I said, I do want to put together a tour, but I don't know how everything is as far as like the coronavirus and everything, but I am looking to, um, I am looking to put together a tour. So that's like, that's my major goal. Once I do that, it's like, once I put together this tour, it's like, I'm where I want to be. Like that, that's my dream. You know what I'm saying? Like that's my ultimate dream is to tour the world and to, um, you know, to, to tour the world off my music that's my ultimate dream so once i do that i'll feel um really accomplished you know what i'm saying so next year that's what i'm looking forward to is just uh performing in different um states and if i could perform out the country that'd be beautiful you know that's pretty much the move man dropping these singles and getting a tour and yeah well that sounds like a, a great goal to be honest and hopefully everything with coronavirus calms down so that you know you can make that happen I was going to ask you as well, because coming from Las Vegas, Las Vegas isn't as known as like a hip hop hub as obviously New York, LA. How did you find like developing your craft within the Las Vegas scene? Um, Just really just working on it because you're right about that. You know, Vegas isn't a place where a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people come for artists and music and people don't really see people making it out of Vegas. Um, just really just beating on my craft. I was lucky enough to have a sister that's pretty talented too. And, and I had another friend that I grew up with. We grew up, we all was doing music and he, they were, everybody that I was around were pretty talented. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only one that really stuck with doing the music, but all of my peers, you know, um, they, they were talented and I fed off them, you know, once, once you get around other talented people that just ha helps you get more better. So I would definitely say that just being around, being lucky enough to be around other talented artists, you know, definitely helped me grow as an artist as well. And like I said, thank God for my older brother coming out and putting me on Tupac because I would have never well, I probably would have ended up getting on Tupac later on in life, but I wouldn't have started that young at writing down those verses. I think that really helped. Writing down those verses at a young age and reading them back to yourself subconsciously probably did something to where it helped my flow. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Well, I mean, you just, you just rhymed just then when you said subconsciously probably. So, hey, <laughs> if you do... It's in you. You like, like you don't. Sometimes, like it, some people, it's just inside. You've studied it enough to know that sometimes when you speak, like it just starts to flow, and like, um, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I always finish off with one last question at in every single podcast that we do. Um, and it might be the hardest question that, that I ask, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody listened to other than your own, what would it be? 
Oh man, can it be hip hop or does it have to be hip hop? No, nah, it can be whatever you want. That I recommend everybody listen to. That's not my um, damn. That's a that's a nice question. Oh man. Well, if you want some motivation, if you want some real motivation, listen to that Get Rich or Die Trying. Other than mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I had to say an album other than mine, because you know, I'll be in the gym and I'll turn on that Get Rich or Die Trying. I hear those beats. I hear that if I can't do it, it can't. I hear all that. I'm like, okay, it's on the go, man. I know that's all that's an old album, but if you ain't never heard that album then you're just missing out on hip-hop like if you have not heard get richard Dodd trying you are missing out on hip-hop so i will recommend that one um another album that i love that's not hip-hop is uh craig david born to i think it's born to do it or born to something but it, it's one of craig david's albums. that's actually one of my favorite albums of all time as well so um yeah man i love that well, 50 Cent is my first hip-hop love. That is how I got into hip-hop. I yeah. heard Get Rich or Die Trying and, you know, I'm Russian by, by heritage. So my family, it wasn't into hip-hop at all. My mum always said to me, it's a phase, you'll get over it. And it turns out yeah. I never get over <laughs> it. So, But as soon as I heard it, like, blew my mind. Like, it just, yeah. they did something in me. It was a sound. It was... A feeling and yeah, that's still one of my favorite albums of all time. Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. If you ain't heard that, yeah, I don't even think you have to be a hip hop fan. Like that, just it's just sonically, like I said, like it's sonically, like man, when I'm in the gym, it takes me to another level. Like you just put it on, uh, you know, G Unit, we in here, we could get the drummer couple, we don't care, you know what I'm saying? You just go, it's going. You're going to get some motivation. It's going to give you some motivation. You hear that coin drop, that intro when yeah. the coin drops, and you know it's yeah. up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. You're going to get some motivation. So I would definitely say that album. I would have to. Awesome. Well, I love that. That's personally my favorite one that anyone's ever said on this podcast because I love that album as well. But look, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it was really interesting to talk to you, obviously. Um you know, you're you're hustling, you're motivated, you're you definitely have the potential to do really well. So for everyone that said that you can't, I'm gonna tell you that you definitely can. Um because you I can tell when just speaking to you that you come at it with passion and you come at it um from a place where you really love what you do rather than just doing it because it's fashionable. So um right, for me, it's a pleasure to speak to you because the passion is clearly there. Um, and that you're going to go on to do bigger and better things. So when when you drop your your first album, we can have you back on the show. I'd love to keep speaking to you about, you know, your journey and what motivated you and how you got there. But um, obviously follow Jamar on Instagram. Um, check him out on YouTube if you haven't. Checked him out. Spotify, Apple Music. Um, there is so, you, you've got such a big catalog of music that, you know, you can listen to him for 12 months. And guess what? Yeah. You'll have more next 12 months. So it's, I love that. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me, man. And whenever you need me, man, back on the show, I got you, man. Awesome, man. Well, is there anything else you wanted to to plug or anything else you wanted to let your fans know about? Um, I would just say, man, to um to everybody out there, keep following your dreams. Um, 
check me out on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, all that, man. And um, yeah, that's all I would have to say. Just don't let nobody tell you what you can't do. Keep striving every day. Believe in yourself. And um, yeah, that's all I got, man. <laughs> I love that message. I think I think both of our fans will love that message. So um, yeah, appreciate you, man. Much love. Thank you for having me, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for all upcoming podcast news. Bye for now.